0: You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high impact, high revenue generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here with Tara Brown, founder and CEO of the Law Office of Tara Brown. The Law Office of Tara Brown focuses on providing family and estate planning legal services to clients throughout the state of Virginia. Welcome, Tara. I'm so happy to have you as my guest today on the Solo to CEO podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So tell me about the Law Office of Tara Brown. Tell me a little bit more. I, I said family and estate planning services, but for those who might not know exactly what family means family and estate planning services tell us a little bit more about what that covers
0: okay so in my family part of my practice we do divorces custody we do adoptions um, we help with guardian ad litem of special needs children so that's if you have a child with special needs that might be coming of age and now you need to assume a guardianship role of that child More than a power of attorney, which we also do, um, but a more serious role in the planning of their financial affairs and just helping them manage their life. Um, We do a ton of custody work, a ton of visitation work, and it's a real specialty area for us. We're Mm -hmm. focused on helping families put together parenting plans that work, that are bespoke and tailored for their family and their specific needs. Um, so we want something that's going to last for that family long term. We don't want to see our clients back. We're not looking for a repeat business. We're looking to do a great job so those clients can refer us to their family and friends for that. Or if they have trust in the state's work, maybe they need a will. Maybe they need a power of attorney. Maybe they need a health care directive or a trust. We do a lot of trust work for people with special needs children, especially when you're planning so that they don't have income and to try to keep them eligible for other services. Um, so we help families a lot with that.
1: So you really, so when you say family law, you really are kind of well-rounded in helping families. So it's not just about, you know, a lot of times people when they hear family law, they just think divorce, but you're really, really trying to be a a a lawyer for a lot of needs for a family
0: we are we really want to be a counselor for them you know one of the reasons i do this um what gets me out of bed is really knowing that i provided a family with a service that's going to help them maintain that relationship and it's a sustainable business model Mm -hmm. um so we the slogan or our my tagline is we help families in the conference room and the courtroom. So we're happy to help them come up with a solution. And we're also happy to go to court and advocate for them.
1: Right. Right. Um, so how did you get in? How, I mean, have you always been sort of passionate about doing this type of work? Are you, I don't have this conversation with other Attorneys, and it's always an interesting question for me, um, and uh, uh, an interesting conversation to have to find out how people wound up in the particular area of practice they did. If it's something that they came into because um, y- through their career, and maybe through internships, and you know, after going to law school, they discovered that this is what they'd like to do, or if they had a particular drive to become a certain type of attorney and went to law school to become that type of attorney. Is there something that led you to this area of practice um, outside of law school in your career?
0: Well, no, (laughs) It, it was it was. I don't know. My life is like a big, happy accident. (laughs) It's it's just like where I was led when I was in law school, I was thinking I'm not going to court. I'm not studying foot in court. I certainly I can get a job at a corporation and I can do something transactional and, and, or maybe I can do real estate. Um, But in the back of my mind, I knew estate planning would be part of my practice or something I wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, just because as a child, like many people, you know, I had a lot of death in the family. And so there was a lot of fighting about things and money and property. And so I wanted to avoid, help families avoid some of that. Right. So hurt people hurt people, you know, uh-huh. and they're grieving, they're hurting, their loved one is gone. And now, you know, comes a territorial fight. So I wanted to do that. But then when I opened Um, that business was not as easy to get as the family law business. So I don't do it because it's easy to get. I do it because once I started doing it, um, I I went to a CLE and it was Mm. like updates in the law. And so Mm. it covered a bunch of stuff. And I was a little bit fascinated about the family law piece. I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try, make this part of my practice. But then it was really rewarding. When I helped the first wife who was, Victim of domestic violence, you know, gave her a voice in the courtroom. You know, she felt like finally she had a voice and she was being heard. And so now someone had her back and would help Mm -hmm. her. So it was really rewarding. Um, And I just felt like with my attitude, um, I really try to see both sides of every story. Even if it is my client, I try to help them see it. And so I'm like, look, everyone's getting less time with the kids. You know, this is hard. This is hard for everyone. So let's yeah, keep our wits about us <laughs> and make sure we're coming to the table in in earnest and trying to really come up with a solution. And sometimes they hear me and sometimes they, they don't. Um, but I'm really f- interested.
1: Go ahead. I find it very, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I find it really interesting something that you said earlier about how the so site, so I know, you know, I've known you for a few years now and, um, I know you to be kind of an introverted sort of person, you know I mean you're you you're very uh, gregarious and affable and you know just delightful to be around um, but you know you like you like your, your intellectual you're intellectual you like your bookwork and all of that sort of stuff and um and so when you were talking about your that you were first looking at your career as a lawyer as thinking you were going to be a transactional lawyer. So it's, you know, I I can see that with you. I really see that with you. I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you probably were thinking I'm going to be a transactional lawyer. I'll probably be a corporate lawyer or maybe do some estate planning and that kind of thing. And so it's interesting to me that you've chosen an area of practice where you are a litigator. I mean, family law is a, is a litigation practice. You really spend a lot of time in the courtroom. Yeah, you do a lot of negotiation and settlement stuff and all that. But you're, you've are you always got to be prepared to go to court because that, you know, with family law, you know, it's likely that a lot of your cases are going to wind up litigating some sort of issue. You're certainly going to be um arguing about things, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm, Making arguments, right? And, um, and so I, I, I love you sharing this, this, your story and how you got there and, and how you're kind of, you found that you really sort of enjoy it because I think oftentimes a lot of attorneys, particularly women attorneys will stop themselves from practicing in a certain area out of this kind of fear. That or or how they they sort of pigeonhole themselves into, Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert and I can't do this or that. And they let fear stop them from doing something that could be incredibly rewarding if they just open themselves up to the possibility they could do it. Because you're, Mm -hmm. you're an awesome and very effective litigator. Now that you've let yourself do that, you know, right? How do you feel about that?
0: Well, I, you and I have had conversations about you know me being an introvert and going into rooms and seas of strangers, and it's exhausting, (laughs) and it's not part of my personality naturally. So, yes, that part of it is hard. But you know, anything in life worth having is hard if i want to be a ceo if i want the things on my wish list to get them i can't be in a safe place i've got to do scary i've got to do things that scare me otherwise i i can't grow i can't move i can just be i can just keep doing what i'm doing every day and sort of be satisfied you know at this level and that is not a ceo mindset you know that is that is not who I want to be. And I, I don't think that's who many lawyers want to be. I mean, I think you have to be a little driven and want a little more to even make it through law school, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's, it's
1: not a litigator mindset either, you know, like, so you've already, you've already become, I mean, not, I'm not saying that transactional lawyers aren't also driven and overcome, you know, because transactional lawyers also deal with challenges and and you can be introverted and be driven and, and arise to challenges and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't want to get a bunch of emails from <laughs> transactional <laughs> lawyers <laughs> who say, we we work every bit as hard as litigators do. It's not that at all. Um, but just talking about like, you, this is something for you personally that was, you know, a, ch- a challenge to go yeah. against what you thought you could do. And now you do it every day and do it well. Thank and you. so let's talk about the CEO um, piece of it. So what caused you to, um, well, I think it's interesting first to talk about your, your, your journey into um, starting your own practice. And because you liter- you've had a literal journey. from one state to another. So why don't you share that story? Like what caused you to go into your own practice? And what was that journey like? And how did you wind up in Virginia? So if you could share that story, I think that's interesting.
0: Sure. So I went to school in New Jersey. I went to law school in New Jersey, grew up in New Jersey, went to Rutgers. And my husband got offered a job in Virginia. The summer I took the bar. And so, okay, we're going to Virginia. So let's take Virginia's bar, the February administration. Took Virginia's bar, and then he got offered a job in Colorado. And at the time, throughout this, I'm working for a corporation where I can essentially work from home. I'm making six figures. I've got what I call the golden handcuffs on me. (laughs) You know, the money's good. It's comfortable. The work is not that challenging. I can do this, right? Right. Nice bonus package, but I wanted to do more. I wanted to practice. And going to Colorado, I didn't know a soul. And so I would interview, but it's not as big of a legal community as where I am now in Virginia and New Jersey. So there weren't that many opportunities. And in the back of my mind, a professor planted a seed. You all have life. You all will have a license that you can hang and you can open your own practice and basically be self-determined, do it the way you want to do it, you know, run Mm -hmm. it the way you want to run it. And that idea just hadn't occurred to me before. It was when I grew up, it was get a good job, get some benefits and, you know, put away some money for retirement, get a home, make a good life for your family. That is success. That is Mm -hmm. success. And so I just, it wasn't part of my plan. But I said, I want to do it. And Verizon, well, I was working for Verizon at the time. They said, you know what? You guys have to move back to the East Coast or we're eliminating these virtual positions. And I said, this is it. This is my chance. I'm going to do it right now. And I, I opened my law practice. I put together a business plan. I opened the door and I got out there. I went to every single networking event I could. I tried a, many, many, ways to bring in business from buying leads to fine law to, you know, getting on all the Facebook pages, seeing what works, what doesn't. Um, and I started it and I had a great, luckily, I had a great mentor who practiced family law in my same building that I could kind of bump ideas off of. And it just, Took off from there, and she was shocked. She was like, There are people in town who have been here who do not have as much business as you, and they've like grown here. And so, I don't understand. Like, what, what I just, what town were you in? I was in Colorado Springs,
1: Colorado Springs,
0: south of Denver, like about an hour south of Denver. So, it was a little, little big town,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And <laughs> they then, had military, and so then, what happened? Um, they had a military base nearby. Um, and I, I just networked my tail off and I joined every club I was interested in. Um, I got some business and then my husband got offered a job in Florida. So I'm like, okay, let's go to Florida. Well, Florida was another story. I love Florida, by the way, (laughs) I love it to vacation, but we lived in Homestead and it was far from mom and it was just a little far and my husband was not happy in his job. And so mm-hmm. his unhappiness, I you know, I just didn't want to keep him there. He said, "Let's go back to Virginia," which is where we initially. I was already licensed; I already had a license to practice law in Virginia. And we came back, and so
1: how? It, what is the time frame for this?
0: So from twenty twelve to twenty, I opened. I opened. I graduated law school in twenty twelve. I opened my law firm initially in Colorado. In 2015. So even when I left Colorado, I was still fly back for hearings. I still had a practice that I was winding down, you know, mm-hmm. finishing up cases. And then in 2016, we moved to Virginia. Okay. And I'm I met you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and I met you so so you're so here you are so it wasn't very long so the stop in the stop in Florida was basically a layover
0: mm-hmm. right didn't Virginia. last long
1: homestead didn't last long and so you're in Virginia and so you want to talk about how you want to talk about how you met me you want to talk about you want to talk yeah. about what life is like in Virginia when you got there yeah. <laughs> was about a month after you so, had been in Virginia when you and I met.
0: Okay. I it, think. Yes, it was. It was a, a month or two. Oh, maybe we met in early 2017. So I was, <laughs> I was licensed, but I was in retirement. So I had to to take some CLEs to sort of get me out of retirement and get me back to active. And I'm working while I'm doing this, and I'm on these Facebook pages, and I'm seeing all the things, and I saw you talking about being a CEO and I saw that you were a business coach and I was looking for a business coach and I wanted a business coach that was a lawyer or could really identify with me uh, specifically as a client, like trying to run my own law firm. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's it's unique. I don't know that. I mean, I'm sure all of them are fine, but it's what I was looking for. Right. And so, yeah, I reached out. And we and, and you called and we had a video chat and I was in a dark room <laughs> <laughs> on my laptop, <laughs> all sad, like I wanna do this.
1: <laughs> uh I remember it as I think I, I just remember you feeling at the time, it seemed to me that you were just feeling very like starting over again. Like the starting over again was just a little disheartening and kind of, you know, tough because you had done this great thing in Colorado and then you went to Florida mm-hmm. and you're thinking, I'm going to start, you know, start this over again in Florida. And then then you moved to Virginia and you're kind of starting over in Virginia. And you, you were just sort of feeling really down about it, about having I to start afraid. over again in a place where you just didn't have the, the network built up that you had spent so much time and energy building up in Colorado.
0: Is that how you remember yeah. It? it? Yeah. Yeah. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to have as successful of a practice that I had in Colorado, that I had spent time sort of trying to grow and figure out what worked. Um, I was so afraid. And then I had to go back into those rooms. Those rooms are full of people and faces that I didn't know I'd never met. And in addition to being an introvert, I'm a little socially awkward. So I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Should, do I joke or do I not joke? <laughs> like, will they understand it or no? So well,
1: I, yeah. I think, too, there was also the you had already you had a little bit of seed capital. And that you had spent in Colorado.
0: And then so your,
1: your seed capital had kind of dwindled. And so you're sitting there with kind of just a very little bit of seed capital too. And so you had, so you had even less seed capital and you, you were also faced with that as well. And then just, so you had to kind of come up with the mental energy, the money and all of that. So it was natural. I think it was very natural to have those sort of feelings of, you know, I wouldn't go, you know, I don't know if it was depression, but, you know, just sort of, you know, sadness and, you know, fear and all of that around starting over again. But we had talks about you starting over again and also your, I think your husband was, you know, encouraging you to get a job because, Mm -hmm. you know, you were kind of, you were on the couch a lot, (laughs) <laughs> there was some fear there, and he was going, Okay, maybe you should just get a
0: job, honey. <laughs> yeah, I tried it. I had a job when we started working together, I think. I was you did, working. that's or right. Maybe you I did. got it after.
1: You got it but, after. You got it after because you were having, you were, you were, you, you just to kickstart
0: and get a little bit of
1: income, feel better,
0: money. Yeah. So I was there. I was, and I had my little goal. I'm like, this is my goal. If I can make this much money, Davina, I am not, I'm going to leave this place. So let's see if I can make this much money in three months.
1: And And? I remember,
0: I don't know if I said three or four months, the first month I had to quit the job. The first month I had to quit. I had met my goal and I couldn't do both.
1: You blew it away. You blew it out of the water. Yeah. It was, yeah. That was I remember crazy. you calling me going, I think I have to increase my goal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, was, and- I, had,
0: I had never taken a paycheck. Before I started working with you, I was paying myself out of money, out of savings um, just to grow the business. And when we started working together, shortly after that, I think I started taking a paycheck. And now I'm like, I need a raise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> check check. <laughs> so let's let's fast forward. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the other things you've accomplished, but let's just fast forward to now and kind of give everybody an idea of of so those two thousand seventeen, so we're in two thousand nineteen. You have moved offices twice. Upgraded your mm-hmm. office twice, I think since then.
0: Yes. I and had, I had. Mm-hmm. You have
1: grown your staff. You've you've had a couple different. Uh, I think three different staff staff people. And at one point, you had a staff. You had two or three people working for you, staff wise. Two people, I think, at that one point. And then you've just hired your first associate.
0: Loving it. Mm-hmm.
1: How did that feel? Yeah, how did I feel it? Yeah, loving it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Love it. It it was so hiring staff was another challenge I had to overcome mentally, right? Right. Now I'm taking this paycheck. Am I gonna be able to make enough money, generate enough to guarantee somebody else's salary? And once I got that person I realized, yes, you are because that person is going to help you do that and free up your time to do business generating things and just working on the business in general and i went into the bank the other day since i got my associate and the guy said to me how are you i said i'm fine he said you know you look so much less stressed i'm like yes i feel less stressed yes, <laughs> you're right the quality of the work of as an associate is just uh it's great it's i'm not that legal assistants the paralegals don't have great quality work but an attorney to an attorney, it's just a different, um, the way they think about tasks and the way, you know, they don't need as much direction um, or they're trying to figure out that, well, if you get a good associate, <laughs> they're trying right. to figure out how to get things done. And that's what you want. When I got my first job, it wasn't as a lawyer, but some things I just had to figure out, you know, it was, this is a task, go be.
1: <laughs> you and it was this. a business process. I mean, for like, for other people who are kind of on that solo to CEO journey behind you, just so they, you know, other attorneys who might be listening to this just so that they know this was not, this was not, you're not like, you know, popping off making decisions with total ease. I mean, I can attest to that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. You you really think about these things and analyze this. And I remember we had have a conversation because you really interviewed a lot of people. And I mean, you interviewed people and you really went through a process and then even after you had made a decision and you knew you still struggled to make that offer because because of what? I I
0: thought the same fear with hiring assistant. I'm like this is a even this is a salaried individual. You know, this is not somebody who's working hourly or can I do this? Can do I have enough business? So all this doubt creeps in your mind, right? Are the mm-hmm. clients still going to come in? Are you going to have enough work for that, to keep that person busy? Um so some of that was sort of creeping in. And I, it was the best decision I made, I think. Yeah. To do that. I think it's going to In terms of growth and being able to grow my business, it can't be of one. I cannot do it all. I can't. Um, Right. One of the the
1: conversations you and I have all the time is um, what is the alternative? Like, what is the alternative? So you can always choose. You can always Mm -hmm. choose. Do I stay? I can stay small and keep it all. I mean, you know, I can can meet just me and i can do all of the work but if i want to grow then i
0: then this is you
1: know
0: and this is the choice is clear right there are only so many hours right you know and even even if i increase my billable it's a cap on how many hours i can put in and then it's a quality of life thing how many hours do we and you and i talk about this a lot about creating the life you want Mm
1: -hmm. to live.
0: Um, And do I want that? Do I want to be stressed? Do I wanna be, it's all on me? Um, Or do I wanna be able to delegate some things and do some other things that are also important to the business? Um, Yeah, maybe when I retire and I don't wanna manage people, maybe. (laughs) It might be just me. (laughs) Or, um, but for now, um, yeah, because I'm I'm not a spring chicken, so I'm what 45. I'm 45. I'm saying this out loud. Oh my gosh! Oh, and it's on so, yeah, um, <laughs> recorded too. <laughs> and I'm uh, um, 20 years, maybe 20 years. I've got to do this. That's all I want to do this for, right? The next 20 years. So I'm trying to make the most of them.
1: Right. Um, so and and you also have some. You know, we've talked about your, your daughter, your, your baby girl, and some of the things that being able to spend a little bit more time with her. So you leaving the office a little bit early to be able to go and spend time with her and even able to do that a little bit more
0: by hiring an associate,
1: which was a big thing for you instead of getting home so late, they, all you have time to do is basically, you know. Eat and tuck her in bed.
0: Dinner in bed. Net before I was seven to five forty-five. I was president of the last mom club because I had to be there at six. <laughs> so seven yes. to five forty-five, which I never really calculated, like how many hours that is, or how much time I'm spending at work. Plus every weekend, at least one day. Um, now I still work early. I probably work from seven, but I'm leaving by four forty-five. Um. Which is some people's like, oh, that's only an hour less. No, that is an hour less. I get to get my daughter from track. I get to get my six-year-old. I get to be outside, and I'm not going home in the dark. And it's just, I don't. I'm not no longer the first one in and last one out. You know, I'm. I'm able to get out. I'm able to sometimes take off a whole weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but it's yeah. nice and train, go to trainings and just do different business generating things that I just, I just couldn't do before.
1: Yeah. Just, I just strange. been running out of time. So lots of good things happening for the law office of Tara Brown. And it is, um, it's just the beginning because we're, you're only, you know, two years into this, a mm-hmm. couple of years into this, and you've already grown this much. So Lots of good things ahead. I can't wait to see what else you've got on your plate and ahead of you. Give us an idea of where you are in Virginia so people have, can visualize where you are in Virginia. They don't think you're up in D.C. or something.
0: I'm in Richmond, which mm-hmm. is like central Virginia. and I'm about a couple hours from the coast. I'm in Richmond, but I'm near Richmond, Virginia. I'm in a suburb of Virginia called chesterfield um which is a little south of richmond but that's like the hub near us and i I practice in chesterfield i practice within like a 50 mile radius unless Mm -hmm. (laughs) unless it's a really good client who sent me a referral or you know someone just really wants me i might go a little bit further but that's Mm -hmm. typically where i am central virginia i had an office down in norfolk but it was a lot opening two offices, but the idea of reopening it is not foreclosed. (laughs) So we'll see.
1: So tell, tell me some, let's, let's give some gold nuggets to some people who might be listening to this, who are on the solo CEO journey might be a little behind you on the journey, listening to this kind of wanting some, some tips or advice on what you've learned so far um, that could be helpful to them you got any thoughts on?
0: Yes. So starting out in this business, the reason I wanted to be doing what I'm doing to help people, that is, it is both, a, it's like a good thing and a bad thing, right? So I want to help people, but if you're trying to do something in family law, the business has to come first. If you are not getting an appropriate retainer for your services, you're gonna end up doing a lot of work for free or chasing money later. So, I can't help people if I'm not getting paid because I'm just gonna be resentful. I'm not gonna wanna do the work. It's gonna take the joy out of it. So, I'd say get your money up front. If you're practicing family law, get enough money. And it's hard to figure out what enough money is initially. So, get with someone in your community that practice law in that area, what is a typical retainer? I know we don't like to talk money. And I feel like that's a, a thing that sometimes women have, right? We don't want, it's not appropriate, right? We don't want to talk right. about those things. No, we need to talk about money. <laughs> we need to talk about <laughs> how much it takes to do this case. So you know how much to get. And right. that, I feel like if I knew that in the beginning, it would have saved me some heartache. Um, But yes, get the money up front because you and your client will be much happier. You can serve them. You won't have to get out of the case and you can focus on doing what you do best, which is practice, not be a business owner to get your money. Right.
1: I was just having this conversation with somebody else and we were talking about what happens. What we don't think about is we don't think about the business as a separate entity from you. So there's you and there's the business. And oftentimes we collapse the two. We think we are the business, particularly when we start out and we are a quote unquote true solo or we're a solo with one staffer working for us. We tend to think of ourselves as the business. And when we get into that mindset, you know, whatever self esteem issues we have come up. And, you know, we are, if we're self sacrificing people, we feel like we're doing a favor by undercharging. You know, we're trying to help people. We buy into other people's money stories and we don't charge enough because we're trying to help somebody, right? And Mm -hmm. they're sitting there telling us a story and we go, we feel sorry for them and we're trying to help them. So we don't charge enough. But the reality of it is we are really stewards of a business and the business is a separate entity. And once we create a business, we make a promise to a lot of people who are dependent on that business and the health of that business. So the business is the health of that business, a lot of people come to depend on it. All the other clients that we make commitments to, the vendors who rely on the health of that business, the employees or independent contractors who rely on the health of that business, your family members, their family members rely on the health of that business, So the longer that business is healthy and sustainable, the more people are going to come to depend on that business. And we, as the CEO of that business, are stewards of that business and it is our job to make it healthy and profitable. And the more we do that, the more people are going to benefit from that. Right. And so it's not about us and whatever Martyrdom we have going on, or whatever <laughs> issues we have going on, we feel like we're helping other people. We're really helping other people when we make that a healthy, sustainable company. Because you see, like for you, you're able to hire a couple of staff people and an associate. Now you've just given three other people paychecks and you're supporting their families in addition to your own family. Mm-hmm in addition to all the clients that you're now able to help because you're charging appropriately for your services and think of the impact of that. Right.
0: right. It makes one a huge things, difference. One of the things you said to me was when the client comes to you with a sob story about, and, and some of them, they're not just sob story. I mean, they're true stories, right. About their life and their financial situation He's like would you loan that person, your retainer, or yeah, give I it said, to them?
1: yeah, would you write it would you write a check? Would you write a check if, for them? If you can't them for that? Yeah, if you can't write a check to them, then why would you give them the time? Like, why mm-hmm. would you discount your services and give them that extra time?
0: Right? Yeah, right. We provide a service it is not free. And so some clients are going to think it's high or they're going to say, well, the guy down the street charges this and OK, <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. And so I had to get really comfortable in that scenario, right, where they're saying, oh, that's really high. Yes, that is that is my fee. Mm-hmm. I won't even say that. I'll just let them talk. And then. If it's a if it's a fit, they will hire me. And if it's not, they won't. And I'm not going to play the whole I'm going to cut my fee until you're happy because neither of us well I'm not going to be happy at the end of the day with that, <laughs> and I think it's, I'm worth it. I don't think it I know it they'll probably know, be the most
1: difficult client that you have if you cut your fee and take them on as a client anyway they'll be the most difficult, not probably they'll be the most difficult will.
0: and the le- the least appreciative of it and they're, <laughs> they're, they're very' it's, it's, they're on' for, it's, it's, Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot. (laughs) So pricing. So you're, so the long and short of this is your price your services appropriately (laughs) would be a number one gold nugget. Price your services appropriately. Talk about money. Get comfortable talking about money. Right. And, and asking for what your services are worth. Yeah. That's great. That's great advice. Great advice. Um. Anything
0: else about money? One other thing. No CEO is going to go explaining the reason their price is their price. You're not going to go to the CEO of Sprint and say, "I want two (laughs) hundred dollars." No, you're not doing that. Don't have those conversations. I'm not exchanging with them about. I'm not going to justify my rate. My rate is is my rate. Um, The only other thing is if you're Face your fear and really think about that thing, whatever it is, that you can't, you think you can't do and really challenge yourself and ask yourself, is is it that I can't do it or is it that I'm afraid that I can't do it and why, right? Am I not going to make enough money? my clients are going to come. Money is going to come. It will come. Yeah. And those people that you hire are going to help you earn that money. everybody here is billable (laughs) yeah
1: yeah I love that I love that well thanks so much I think you've shared some really um I I love your story I think it's um I've been so proud of your success for you for your success and I think you're a real go-getter and uh of course I I love spending time with you and talking with you and being a part of your journey um Tell us, tell us where people can find out more uh, about the Law Office of Tara Brown and follow you on the interwebs.
0: So my website is um, www.thelawofficeoftarabrown.com. And you can find me on Instagram um, at Law Office Tara Brown and also on Facebook at Law Office Tara Brown.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you being here and having this conversation. I think there are a lot of people that will enjoy listening to your um, story, and I appreciate you sharing it today. Thank you for having me. All right.
0: The Solo to CEO podcast is sponsored by D Frederick Media and Marketing and the Solo to CEO System. We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high impact, high revenue generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, cultivate a crackerjack team and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time then you'll want to attend our latest presentation six shifts to transform your solo practice into a seven-figure firm with total ease register at law.solotoceo.biz slash webinar